uh, get my shoebox out of the car and find a sermon because y'all preached every one of them. Yeah, but stand up with me for a little while. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was mighty to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken to the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, and everybody with me, which being interpreted, say it with me, God with us. You may be seated. Father, I beg and plead with you that you'd help your old tired servant one more time. We're weary in body today, but Lord, we are thrilled to hear this good word been espoused to us this hour. And Lord, if you'd be so kind to let me impart a little bit into it, I'd be very beholden to you. I'm nothing but dust and ashes, a wretch of wretches. However, I'm a child of the King. Your royal blood now flows through my veins. And I who was wretched and poor now can say, Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I'm a child of the King. Help us now. I ask in the name of your darling Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and Amen. One of the most incredible resumes you'll ever find in the Bible is over in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. Would you turn there with me? It's the Apostle Paul talking. And he begins in verse 23 by saying, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, he says here. He says, I am more. And labors more abundant and stripes above measure in prisons more frequent and deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice I was beat with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been to the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without 
that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I, uh, and I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forever, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the government under uh, Artus, the king, kept the city of the Damascenes with the garrison, desirous to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I led down by the wall and escaped his hands. My, what he had been through. What a mess everywhere he went. It was terrifying over and over again. Over in 2 Timothy, he begins there to talk to his young protege. It's his last letter he's ever going to write. And he says this Thou knowest that all they which in Asia, verse 15, chapter 1, be turned away from me, of whom are for jealous and hermogenes. My, what a mess. And when he's writing this, he's in prison. Probably the axe man's outside the door sharpening his axe, getting ready to lop his head off. But though the resume reads the way it reads, I believe that when he was writing it, he had a smile on his face because he knew chapter 2, verse number 19, by heart. He wrote it. Turn there and look, if you will. Nevertheless, the foundation of God's status here, what? Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His. Yes. It is rough out there. It can be terrifying. Your own church can run you down real quick. Your family can turn against you and call you every name in the book. You can be vilified, ostracized everywhere. But I want to tell you, my friends, my brethren and Lord, understand the foundation of God stand assured. That word nevertheless, I, I, I began to do a little research on that. It didn't take much. Just went to the dictionary. It means in spite of. In spite of everything. God's foundation stands sure. He knows them that are His. All you've got to do is go out there and preach. Tell all men descriptly, the Lord will save whom He will. I've never had an agonizing night about that. I have been very, very worried about my children. But I, at the end of the prayer, we always come back to this. That the foundation of God stands sure and He will take care of the business. Brother Richard Kleiner, 23 years ago one night, I was in your church. Bob Weldon was a pastor there. Keith Purser was up shucking the corn. Man, he was jumping all over that platform and preaching. And he was preaching hard. But it was wonderful. Oh, Keith could preach. But he drawled up short. He looked down at that congregation. He said, do you know what your pastor's been through? Do you care about what your pastor's been through? And if you do, get up right now and come hug him. Man, the pews empty out and they lined up. It was Bob Weldon. Sure they loved him. What a great man. I loved him. I did But I was standing on the front pew. By the front pew. By on the piano side, Richard. 
and I was agonizing. We just completed a 400-seat auditorium. And there was a bunch of Jezebels in that church crucifying me on every level. I had made a mistake and got up and preached on the error of baptismal regeneration not knowing that they were former Church of Christ. They weren't former anything. They still were. Right. Right. Boy, did they go after me tooth and nail. And behind the scenes, this is going on. Finally, somebody came to me and told me, said, Brother Darrell, this is what's going on. It got so bad that those gals took it upon themselves to raise an offering and they went and bought the pulpit furniture for the new church. And they bought themselves a real tall pulpit. Yeah. And the top of it went right across my eyes. Yeah. For three solid months, I stood beside it. My wife tells the truth and preached. I, you wouldn't see me reading my text. I'd pop out, say a few words, pop back in, pop back out. And boy, they were having a fit. I tell you, it was so good uh, when I left there because I got so much out of the experience. The Associational Missionary, this was a Southern Baptist church, the Associational Missionary called me one day. He says, Brother Darrell, he says, I, I, I have to tell you this because I know you're going to love it when you hear it. He says, all that group over there that was after you is the pulpit committee now. And they just came to my office and they said they wanted me to find them some young ministers who have just got out of seminary at least six foot four. <laughs> he said, I don't know where I'm going to find that at. He said, but I thought you'd like to know. And I said, well, I found out you can't add any to your stature so they won't be calling me back. But that's all going on, and I'm at Copper's Branch Baptist Church. And I'm standing in front, and here all these people are hugging Bob Weldon. And I'm just beat down. I'm aching. My heart's exploding. But verse 19 came to mind. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Yes, it does. In spite of everything, you'll be able to go on. It's about everything. I love you and I will take care of you. And I stood there just about shouting, you and me, Jesus. You and me, Jesus. Doesn't matter who turns against you. Doesn't matter who the family doesn't care about because you talk too much about Jesus. You don't get invited to all the meetings because you want to talk about Jesus. It doesn't matter. The foundation of God standeth sure. The Lord knows them that are His. And He knows you. And in spite of what they do, God will take care of you. I've gone in that spirit. In 2002, we began to work. I tried to say no to it. It's really easy to go to a church that's already established, ain't it? Starting to work, that's a different ball of wax. We rented the Seventh-day Adventist church because they don't use it except on Saturdays. We were there five years. Brother Barney came at one time and preached for me there at that church. Finally, God opened up a place for us. And I'm beside myself. Oh, no, Lord, not this one. 
But I went and looked at it anyway, and it was an old block building that was built by the Mennonites. It was their school and church until they moved away, and then it became a sewing factory, and then a church of God, and then it became just some place to store things in. The ceiling was all gone inside of it, holes in the floor and everything else. And I said, no, this can't be it. This can't be the one. No, this can't be the one. But as I stand out on the property, Brother Dean Olive, some of y'all may know him, calls me on the telephone. He said, by the way, I want to let you know last night we were praying for y'all a building. And I said, well, I'm standing outside one. I've called Brother Sammy Evans from down in Decatur who knows a lot about a building to look around it. And about that time, Sammy Evans come out from under the floor. He said, Brother Darrell, this building is as sound as it can be. You can't go wrong getting this building. It's going to take some work, but this will make you a good church. And I'm saying, oh me, it is this one. The next Sunday after we bought that, my old mama, who had just been through the mill herself, 86 years old, had several bad heart situations. We had just buried my dad. She was grieving. But she went with us to the church one Sunday night to that building. We all brought our lawn chairs. And I asked my mama, <laughs> I said, Mama, how you like this? My mama said, it feels like home. I said, it feels like home. She said, oh, she said, you don't know how many places in Athens, Tennessee, up in Lenore City, up in Kingsport. I've been in buildings like this where all that mattered to the people was to come and praise the Lord. Amen. Doesn't matter if your chandeliers hang up in the ceiling. Oh, over the years I've been in places where there were dirt floors saying where we had to absolutely hover around old potbelly stove to stay warm in those churches. But old Lord would meet with us. And I said, well, Lord, if you'll meet with us, we'll continue on. Help us start to come here from there. God provided the money, gave us a $40,000 loan from one group, missionary group, without any interest. They gave us a $20,000 love offering, and we began. And in the meantime, I buried my mama. Quadruple bypass surgery. But nevertheless, the foundation of God stood sure. Yes. Here's a man. Here's a man that is in prison. And he's given a pep talk to his young protege about this very thing. Poor old Timothy's at Ephesus. And he's got a load to bear. There in chapter 2, as Paul talks to him, he tells him there, study to show thyself approved, in verse 15, unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings. That was what was going on there. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some doctrine there that was going by the wayside, right doctrine? Foul doctrine had come in. And it was so bad that Paul was even worried about his young little protege. 
I mean, this is hard work. The troubles inside the church and that outside the church could have been overwhelming for the young man. Thank goodness, though, that this young man had all the scriptures from a child and he was fit for position. But I don't care how much you know or how much you think you know, it's a hard job. The devil be at your heels nipping at you every step of the way. And every time you think you got it under control, it'll blow up in your face sometimes. Here's Paul preaching to this young man in a letter. Here's a man who may have smelled burning flesh where he was at was. You know, Nero used to light his garden parties with Christians. You didn't know that, didn't you? Would impale them, crucify them on a stick all over his garden, set them ablaze. No doubt word drifted back to Paul from different quarters where he had been and preached and established churches of the trouble and trials that the Judaizers were doing. And oh, it was heartbreaking. But nevertheless, the foundation of God stood sure. And so in chapter 4, he says to his young protege, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word and the, might I say, in spite of everything. Yeah. Yes, sir. <coughs> Be instant in season, out of season, in spite of everything. He says to him, listen, my son, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, in spite of who comes at you. Stand and deliver, no matter what. Because the foundation of God Stand sure. Praise the Lord. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And brothers, we're there today, aren't we? Yes. What? No amen on that. We're there. We're there. Even in your own church, there's people there that you're preaching to that will not endure sound doctrine. They may not say it to your face, but I got news for you. When they get out of there, they'll talk about you. They'll call you all kinds of names. Well, I remember when the Lord brought me to the doctrines of grace, I was thrilled. I thought everybody else would be too. I had a 350-pound deacon, six foot four, take his big old fat belly and try to bunk me out the back door over election. Had another guy show up one night. He said, we can't stay here if you keep preaching that primitive Baptist doctrine. I said, I didn't know I was. He said, yeah, that's what you're preaching. I said, well, help me out here. And I opened up my Bible to Ephesians chapter 1 and began to read uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 to him. And you know what he says to me? He says, I'm not going to argue Scripture with you. I said, I'm not arguing. You tell me what this says here. I may be wrong. He said, no, no, I ain't going to argue with you. He says, you're a heretic. Yeah. Me being dumb as I am, I said, no, I'm a hisnetic if I'm anything. <laughs> but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to the fables. But based on verse 19 of chapter 2, verse 5, But watch thou in all things... 
endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Even in the pulpit, preach like an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. One of the things that folks forget many, many times is that over in verse number 11 of chapter 3, Paul makes it clear, persecutions and afflictions had come on to him at Antioch and Iconium Lystra and, and all the persecutions that he endured. And folks think that's not going to happen to us. But it will. He says, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Sometimes beat up. Sometimes near drowned, but the Lord delivered him. And so, yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And the reason they're going to suffer those persecutions is because evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But could cave thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Yes. In spite of everything, stand on the Word of God. Amen. In spite of everything, go and keep going. Amen. In spite of the dagger at your throat, yeah. go. Yes. Just maybe there'll come a time that they may try to mark us. I believe in a rapture. I'm hoping to get out of here before all that stuff happens. But suppose it was to. You gonna be able to yank your hand back? So here's what. Paul ends the letter with verse 6, chapter 4. Young Timothy, here I am in prison, my words, and I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. Notice what he says. In spite of everything, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In spite of everything, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. In spite of everything. The Lord has saved you in spite of all the sin you committed before He saved you. And the sins you committed even today in your mind, even while you're critiquing me, you were sitting there while I'm preaching. In spite of everything, in spite of everything, the foundation of God stands assured. It has a seal. I think this seal is Jesus. <laughs> Yes, He's the one. You know that song? This rock is Jesus. Yes, He's the one. This rock is Jesus. The only one. I'm very sure. I'm very sure. Yes. I'm very sure. My anchor holds. 
and carries the seal of Jesus Christ. <laughs> good, good I wish I had some alliterations for you. I wish I had all those nice words like Brandon had. Yes, that was something. But you know what matters at the end of your moment behind the pulpit? In spite of everything, that you exalted Jesus. In spite of everything, He is my foundation. And it standeth. He standeth. Sure. God bless you, brethren. Don't know if we'll be back this way ever again. Maybe. I'll be 72 in June. I'm having to deal with cirrhosis of the liver brought on by an overload of statin drugs and things and some heart problems. Don't know what the Lord's going to do. But I'll tell you, in spite of it all, my foundation stands sure. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Foundation standeth sure. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Let everyone that nameth.